This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Pastilla Soap Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Deep Shaw, Chief Dental Officer of Oak Dental Partners. Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, good, good afternoon, Riz. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. To start us off here, could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure. Uh, so, like you said, uh, Deep Shaw, I am a pediatric dentist. Uh, and the chief dental officer as well as the chief compliance officer for a relatively new and upcoming DSO called Oak Dental Partners. Uh, A little bit about my background, I went to dental school at the University of Pennsylvania, and upon my four years, uh, completing my four years there, I did a two-year hospital-based residency out at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh of UPMC. And from there, Worked at a couple of different jobs, got a couple of different exposures to the real life world and realm of dentistry. And back in 2018, um, you know, really have landed in this with, with the current company I am right now, Oak Dental. Uh, at that time, we were called uh, Chester County Dentistry for Children here in, in Philadelphia area where I'm based. And slowly kind of working through there and working with the, with the team there, became the chief dental officer. And that's kind of where I am today, trying to help uh, the company grow, uh, not only, you know, in terms of the business model, but also help the clinicians improve their clinical skills uh, and kind of bring out the best and take dentistry uh, into the next journey, so to speak. Awesome. Thank you so much for that introduction. My first question sure. for you is, what issues are you spending most of your time on today? Yeah, so I think for me right now, um, in terms of role that I have, I think it's a lot of it for me is revolves around mentorship for our doctors. Um, so being a pediatric specialist, uh, you know, helping some of the new doctors that are coming out in terms of time management and also how to provide a really excellent, you know, five-star experience, so to speak. And so how do we take both of those and combine them and bring out the best of both worlds? So a lot of this entails, you know, helping these doctors get more proficient with their skill sets. And in addition to that, I also teach in academia, so uh, one of the attendings at Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania, uh, the University of Pennsylvania Dental Program. And I think, you know, sometimes with the residents and the residencies that we have, a lot of these residents have different exposures based on where they're going. And so everyone comes out with maybe a different skill set, different procedures. Uh, And obviously, we know in today's day and age that the facets of dentistry are so multifolded and they vary, very very drastically at times also. And so it's helping providers kind of navigate what they want out of their dental experience. And in addition to that, with the other role that I have, it's just kind of doing some chart audits, making sure documentation's done right. Some of these things, unfortunately, that we know are important, but we don't really learn in dental school or in residency. So just making sure, you know, you cross your T's and dot your I's, uh, so to speak. Fantastic, thank you. My next question for you is, how are you thinking about investments and growth in the next two years? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I know recently there was an article that came out. I was on Dentistry Today. I mentioned how the kind of dental products market, it's going to see a lot of growth, I think, through 2023 and beyond. We're looking at, you know, 3D printing, electric toothbrushes, um, and things of that nature. And I think from the article, you know, a a lot of this is due to an increase in oral health diseases. Uh, in both children and the adult population. And so I think that's kind of a little bit of encompassing encompassing of dentistry as a whole. For pediatrics specifically, I am really, really bullish kind of on AI and kind of seeing where things are going on that front. Um, There's some great AI companies that are coming out and I think really helping the dental field 
in terms of transparency, which is something I really feel has lacked. We're looking at x-rays. We're trying to show x-rays to parents and to uh, our guests. And when you're looking at something in a grayscale, some, <laughs> it can be very difficult as a layperson to really understand what that means. So with AI coming in, color coding things, helping to show different percentages in terms of cavities, growth or decreasing and you know, remineralization of certain areas, it's pretty neat and remarkable. Uh, and then along with pediatrics, just there's a lot of neat things coming out with posterior aesthetics. One of the biggest things, I think New Smiles is coming out with a resin-based polymer type of stainless steel crown which is white in nature, but really mimics the kind of preparation of a stainless steel crown, which is not very aggressive in nature, so less tooth structure. And so kind of the growth in terms of where we're going from a product development point is what I'm really, really excited about in terms of you know, investment and growth uh, in, in the dental market and specifically in PEDS. Fantastic, thank you. Sort of going off of that, I'm curious as to what artificial intelligence technologies you're keeping your eye on in the digital space now. Yeah, Over, Overjet uh, is one of them. Uh, Videa uh, Health is, is, another, is another group. Um, I think they're all, I know there's some FDA stuff that are still being worked out with certain of these uh, products. A lot of them are tailored toward the adult population and general dentistry, so to speak. But there is a huge shift, I know, in upcoming of trying to get these AIs in terms of a beta testing done on the pediatric population. Uh, but this helps, I think, a lot of fields, not just from a general, general dentistry standpoint, but hey, is there from a period standpoint, maybe from an implant uh, standpoint as well. And hopefully I think with more data and some more, the numbers being driven and kind of the x-rays that, that they're uploading into their data system on pediatric teeth, hopefully it can get, become even more reliable when it comes to population of children. Great, thank you. My next mm -hmm. question for you is, what are you most excited about right now? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I think for me personally, changing the view and landscape of what it means to be part of a DSO uh, or be a part or, you know, or join a DSO. And I think the biggest thing is this notion, uh, something that unfortunately a lot of DSOs get stigmatized. Uh, and I think it's just due to culture and how things were back in the day. And I think in today's day and age, that culture is absolutely shifting and changing. Culture has become a buzzword, but I know there are a lot of groups out there, and we're blessed to be one of them, that are really taking it uh, and taking it a step further in terms of what that culture means and the, the work environment that we create, the work-life balance that we create, and these sort of core values that we kind of abide by and hope to have our providers abide by as well. So I think that's a really neat thing in terms of, I think, what DSOs used to be, and I think what they're becoming and where they're going. And then the other thing in terms of more of a pediatric driven standpoint is mental health and how providers are starting to become more mindful in terms of treating children. And I love the fact that in today's day and age, this, this whole notion of EQ uh, with the whole emotional intelligence is kind of taking over the IQ. And when I said everyone that you know that we know, everyone has a great IQ uh, in the dental field. There's so many individuals you know with, with a wonderful IQ as well. But now to see EQ really come up on the rise, and especially when it comes to a child and help eliminating that white coat syndrome, helping them set themselves up for success, that I don't think has played a bigger role ever until it has kind of recently. And I think we're going to see that even more in the years to come, and hopefully the generations to come. So that's what really really excites me is in terms of how we're able to 
add another facet of dentistry and don't get me wrong, clinical work and, you know, the, your, your clinical acumen is very important. And I don't think that's ever going to go away because that's just part of the nature of, of the dental field, but to bring in some other things, bring in mental health, bring in psychology, that's going to be the really, really neat thing. Uh, I think that's going to really, I think hopefully kind of, you know, put the dent in dentistry, so to speak. That's super interesting. How do you see those integrations um, with sort of like the larger medical space kind of coming into play over the next few years? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, I think it's got to start at the foundation. Um, I think it's got to start early in, you know, in the dental school and in, in the D1, D2 years and the M1, M2 years where there's got to be, I think, better overlap between the early years of dental school students and medical students uh, having an appreciation, and or I should rather say a better appreciation, I think we already appreciate each other, but a better appreciation of how, although we're two different kind of facets and branches of medicine, there is a huge multidisciplinary component within this. And so I think if we're able to do more kind of integration of that from an educational standpoint, now I don't know if that means dental students, you know, taking some medical classes or some of the medical students coming over and learning about the oral environment. Um, but that'd be really, really fascinating. And I think the one thing I personally would love to see is just more of an emphasis on mental health and psychology, uh, especially when it comes to children, like I said, which is what, what I primarily focus on as a pediatric dentist, of understanding and kind of relearning our behavior modification techniques. Uh, back in the day, you know, there was a lot of voice control and hand over mouth, which obviously is no longer used. But when people think about voice control, they think about raising their voices and being stern, but the opposite, I think, is actually quite more effective when you start to whisper, and when you really, if someone whispers, you have to really perk your ears open and really understand what they're saying, and so I think that plays a huge role into kind of maybe relearning some of the things that were done back in the day and figuring out new ways to go about it and just putting that emphasis on a child's frontal cortex and really being in tune with what we do. And like I said, this is where the EQ kind of comes into what I was alluding to earlier. The IQ standpoint, we all go through the schooling. We understand the, the, the hands-on skills. We understand the medicine part of certain things. But now tapping into an individual psyche and really understanding someone's love language, and that's going to vary from child to child, from person to person. Understanding that an adult, let's say, who is 35 or 40 years old is fearful of the dentist. Well, you know, that just doesn't happen overnight. That could be something that is a trauma or an insecurity that they've had since childhood. And so how do we tap into that and really get to the root cause of where these insecurities and traumas are coming from in adults and in children? How can we help minimize them so that way when they are at that age, when they become adults, they don't have that same stigma that many of us do feel in today's day and age? Well, thank you, Dr. Shaw. That's that was super fascinating. Thank you for your insights today. And I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. I appreciate you, Riz. Thank you so much for your time and energy.